Welcome to the conversation. My name is Benjamin Dixon, host of the Benjamin Dixon Show, filling in. I'm excited this afternoon to be speaking with Nia Miranda. She is an artivist. I love that play on words, an artist slash activist, a businesswoman, actress, producer. And you will know her from the video that went viral this summer during the George Floyd protest throughout the entirety of the summer. Nia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Can you, I wanna show everyone the video, we have that video. But before we do, tell me what made you come up with the word artivist and why that represents you more than just like an activist slash actor or artist. You know, um, I've been an artist all my life and I feel like, you know, growing up black in America, you almost are born into activism. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the strongest form of change, platform of change has always been art. Whether Mm -hmm. it's music or film or dance, that's one thing that can pierce through the soul and it will bypass any prejudice. So I figured that artivism was the strongest weapon I could use to create change in the world. That's awesome. I, I I feel the same way, especially about being born black. It's like you're being born into activism, and I that's the way I approach media as well, which is why I wanted to start the conversation there. But I, I would like for the audience to watch the video of what took place, of what you encountered, and what you went viral from, so that we can frame the entire conversation. So let's take a look at that video. Do not let the media fool you. First and foremost, that is a powerful video. I want to frame it. I want to give as much context as we can so that we can have a brief but nuanced conversation. You know, there's a lot happening in that video, especially when we found out over the summer that there were agent provocateurs, literally people from the right wing movements that were there this summer during the protest for the purposes of vandalizing and causing chaos and dissent. I would like for you to speak about your experience and what you did in that video, why you were compelled to do it. But also in in context of what we found out after the fact about the agent provocateurs. Yes, um, wow, that video actually kind of makes me emotional. I haven't seen it in a while. But yeah, the first thing I always say is before that experience, it was really a beautiful, you know, protest. It was people of all colors, all races together, standing on one accord to fight against injustice. It just so happened that the police showed up and we started to run and it pushed me into that experience that we just saw on the video where I seen two women who were not black spring Black Lives Matter on a building, mm-hmm. well BLM. The problem is, is that 
It's not the fact that you know our less melanated allies want to help. It's the fact that doing things like that puts targets on black people's backs. Mm. That will have the media saying these people aren't protesting, they're rioters, they're destroying their community. And it wasn't the truth. And until that moment, to be honest, when I was looking at the media, I thought that that's what it was. I'm like, well, I only see black people or mm. that's what they're saying at least. So yeah. it was until I understand the power in film being a filmmaker and putting that camera in my hands to record the truth. That was really important. And I saw that from then it kind of sparked, you know, um, a reoccurrence of people filming people who were doing things that right. probably would have been deemed as a black person doing it. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. doing my part in my job, really. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And and for further um well, actually, I want to move to a second part of this. You said, as you were discussing it, that you actually saw and other people saw this as well, police officers. Um, fomenting the violence, right? So yeah. it wasn't just like agent provocateurs or allies going too far, but it was, it was the police officers while you were down there who were doing this as well. It was, could you imagine a group of people singing, we shall overcome and then getting hit with rubber bullets? Mm. Like that's what the experience was, rubber bullets, gas, helicopters everywhere. And if I was at home, Looking at the news, I would have thought, "Oh, here they go rioting again." But because mm. I was on the front line, I was able to see what the truth was, and it was very peaceful until the police came. Mm. I want to ask you a question, and I want you to feel completely empowered to disagree with me. Um, just, just speak your peace and your truth. To me, I feel like the media would never give us a fair shake anyway. Right, I feel like no matter how peaceful we are, they're gonna say we're rioting. And the other thing is like, I, I personally, this is the statement I'm getting ready to say does not reflect the opinions of the Young Turks, to be sure. It, this is me personally, but personally, I, I just, when I see people um, crying on television or on Twitter, you have a lot of people who buy into respectability politics. I don't believe that that's you. I don't. I know that's not you, right? I've seen enough of your work and read enough about you. You don't care about respectability politics so much. You. It seemed like you were like, listen, give us a fair shot here. We're getting blamed for it, but let's not add on to it, right? Is that is that kind of where you were coming from? That is, don't add on to it if you're going to help. You have the ability to help in different ways. You know, mm. our less melanated friends can help in the boardroom. They can help in, you know, council meetings, like mm. places where we don't have seats at the table and you all have a plethora of seats, help there. But mm. being out on the front yard and spray painting, that's not how you help us. So, was it more of a concern about? Uh, black lives, literally, because you use the phrase putting targets on our back, which is true, more so than concern or fear of property damage per se, or was it equal for you? No, I mean, at the end of the day, property damage, I understand that we all have insurance, right? Businesses have insurance, they can get that taken care of. I drove past that Starbucks, it's completely clean, you know, nothing's on there, but George Floyd isn't here with us today. Right. Right, that is so important. Thank you for framing it exactly that way. We only have a few minutes left, but I want to move to your project, Bringing Love Back. Tell everyone about that project. 
Bringing Love Back is a heart-based project for me. It's a company where we are promoting togetherness and unity in the black and brown community, creating love within ourselves so we can eventually spread that love out into the world. We fight for freedom, although we may not know exactly what it is. But when we do receive the freedom that we're fighting for, we need to be able to receive it and be together. And so that's what Bringing Love Back is, creating events and films that are very unique to us, for us, so we can promote the togetherness in our community. And is this where the artist part of your art to this comes in? This is where you demonstrate how your activism intersects with your art artwork? Yes, you'll see film showing the artivism, the art part, but then as well as family-based opportunities. We have therapy services for the black family. We do mending sessions, dancing together, cooking together, really creating that community even while we're virtual. I love that. Can you just in the last few seconds that we have here, can you put into context to non-black or non-brown people of color or allies, supporters, why it's important for work like yours to take place that focuses on minorities, on black people, and why it's important for them to support work like that that may not be 100% inclusive of them as a white ally? Well, just the statement of Black Lives Matter period shows you that there is something going on in our community. It's something going on in this country and honestly countries around the world that is not treating the black people fairly. And so if you are an ally, show up, you know, show up with funding. Show up with support, show up with petitions, show up in those places where you know that you don't see many of our faces. That's why we need your help. It's gonna take all of us to create the world that we all can comfortably live in. And that is your website is bringingloveback.com. Yes, bringingloveback.com. Awesome. I'd like for you to tell everyone um, as we get ready to get out of here, you're the best place to get up with you, whatever social media accounts you want them to know about and, and get the last word real quick. Um, if you want to follow me and completely join in on this journey, because it doesn't stop, it's a marathon. You can follow me on Instagram at Nia, N-I-A underscore Miranda, M-I-R-A-N-D-A. That's where I'm usually at. Awesome, awesome. Nia Miranda, artivist, businesswoman, activist, activist actress, producer. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Welcome back to the conversation. Again, I'm Benjamin Dixon, host of the Benjamin Dixon Show. You can find me right here on YouTube or wherever you stream. I am excited to be joined now by Mark Titus. Mark is an award-winning director, writer, and filmmaker. And he is the founder of August Island Pictures in Seattle. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ben. It's good to be on. The pleasure is mine. There's a lot going on around the world, pandemic, just a lot of stress, a lot of people who are encumbered by life. And yet you have been able to find inspiration for your work, for your activism, and for your artwork, for your for your films. Tell us about your projects that you have going on right now. Sure, um, so the current film is called The Wild. And it is about a very special place called Bristol Bay, Alaska which is home to the last fully intact wild salmon system on earth. Mm. And uh, if you're a creature of the coasts, uh, east or west, you'll know that our wild salmon runs have all but disappeared in the last 200 years. Mm. Salmon are a socio-cultural, spiritual icon to the indigenous folks in these uh, places that uh, were touched by salmon. 
And now we've seen them all but gone. Bristol Bay has a complete ecosystem still fully intact. Mm. Just last year, they saw 50 million fish return to their waters, un, you know, unmitigated uh, by human touch at all. At the same time, there is a Canadian mining company that wants to put what would be North America's largest open pit copper mine in the headwaters of where these salmon go to spawn. Mm. There's been a 15-year battle uh, by mostly by the locals and the indigenous folks in Bristol Bay to keep this mine out of their system. Mm-hmm. And that's what the wild is all about. And it's told through the lens of uh, a film that deals with my own issues with uh, recovery from addiction. Wow. Wow. Now we have a, um, a short clip. We have the uh, trailer for the documentary for the film rather. Um, let's take a look at that and then let's discuss it a little bit in further detail. Great. This is the last great sockeye salmon fishery on the face of the planet, providing over half the world sockeye salmon. It's the most sacred thing we have here. Do we love salmon? I don't even know if love's a strong enough word. That's how blessed we are here, and that's what we're fighting so hard to protect. We think we've designed the Stalings facility so that there will be no incidents, and I don't think that it presents a significant enough risk to stop this project. No one cares about the waves. I still believe it's possible to save the things we love. Wild salmon will continue to show us how, if we let them. So, so first of all, the the film looks amazing, right? Um, I just yeah, wanted thanks. to salute you on that um, uh, with your content creation, your filmography. All it, it looks compelling. I, I'm just fascinated. What inspired you to get into this particular uh, area of filmmaking and to cover this specific topic? I just stumbled into this, honestly, Ben. I grew up here in the Pacific Northwest uh, in Seattle, and this is salmon country. I grew up fishing with my dad. Caught my first king salmon when I was two years old. Mm. I spent my college summers working in Bristol Bay in the fish uh, packing industry. And then I spent my 20s as a wilderness guide in Southeast Alaska chasing them down. Um, So when I came to uh, understand that I wanted to tell stories through film and this idea floated in my head about telling stories about wild salmon and what they mean to us as a species and as as a bellwether, as a keystone species and uh, showing us what our health and our relationship to the planet is, it just all naturally fell into place. Mm-hmm. What type of salmon was that you said you caught at two years old? It's a, it's a king salmon, which are the biggest of the five Pacific salmon species. And it was probably about a 30 pound fish. And oh, wow. My, my dad, my dad actually reeled it in next to the boat, and I chucked my brand new Snoopy pole at it, and pole went down. And but I was hooked forever. Oh man, so so you clearly didn't stumble onto this. I know you probably say that tongue in cheek, but you were born into this. Like you, this is this is your lineage at this point. Yeah, you know the salmon. The salmon have my back. I mean, <laughs> uh, I've been eating them and chasing them and uh, in love with these creatures, and it you know in no small part and definitely motivated by. Um, the fact that when I started to learn more about these fish as an adult and what they bring, they feed 137 different creatures when oh, they wow. come back to their home rivers to spawn, including us. 
They give their lives so that life itself can continue. They, oh, wow. in, in dying, they create new life. And, um, you know, I think being reminded of that, especially right now in the moments that we're passing through in this country, um, the idea of sacrifice and the idea of living for something greater than ourselves is, is a very comforting feeling. Let's talk about the politics of it. Like I, I'm not sure of all the politics around this, but I was looking. We saw that they did that your um, your industry had a victory today uh, in terms of some of the decisions being made by the Trump administration. Tell me a little bit about the politics that undergird this uh, uh, your field. Sure. So, um, as with lots of issues involving uh, varying. Um, Forces that want to use resources in different ways. Alaska is <laughs> no different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two treasures in Bristol Bay. One is uh, the salmon that we've been talking about. And right. uh, they've been coming back for time immemorial to the people that have lived there for 10,000 years and uh, continue to do so. The other is uh, precious metals. And there are what are estimated as $500 billion billion. Dollars worth of copper, gold, and molybdenum in the ground in the headwaters of the spawning rivers of Bristol Bay. Now, the forces that want to protect those or exploit those resources obviously have very different opinions. Mm. The people on the salmon side have formed a very unlikely coalition. When when you know we talk about uh, people vying for a particular resource, and in this case, salmon. You've had tribes, you've had commercial fishermen and sport fishermen at each other's throats for decades about the allocation of that resource. In this case, they all came together in an unparalleled coalition to protect the wilderness here so that that salmon can keep coming back to it. And mm. that, that really totally uh, straddled political lines, political parties. And what ended up happening is in a very interesting turn of events here is that um, what was perceived as a sort of left environmental cause by a lot of people really uh, augmented into something that covered the broad spectrum of political beliefs and was at the end of the day here championed by conservative sportsmen and women Mm. fishermen and um, and even had a shout out from Donald Trump Jr which really got this thing pushed forward into uh, the space that we're in now, which is the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers veto, or rather uh, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers denying a permit for this line at this time. Right, right. Now that's amazing, that's fascinating. So you, in, in a way, um, you all have a, a team of rivals in, in, in every sense of the phrase um, that is advocating on behalf. I, I find it interesting though, the, some of those same forces that drive conservatism in this country, Donald Trump Jr. And, and to be quite fair and honest, drives the Democratic Party. Um, some of those same forces like Capitalism or exploitation or you know extracting resources as they would like to call it. Um, those those forces are always present and ever present in uh, people like Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., the Trump administration. Really quickly, what do you, what what do you think was their motivation um, behind supporting your cause on this one or, or the cause in general? Right, there is a broad uh, base of folks that are conservative that appreciate wild places and wild Mm. things. And 
Um, that is that is a point where we meet uh, as a people, I think, uh, as Americans, uh, where we find common ground. And that is what pushed things forward. I mean, there was a CEO from Johnny Morris from Bass Pro Shops was on singing the same, uh, the exact same uh, song as Jane Fonda was, you know, mm -hmm. um, quite literally about protecting this place. And you don't often find that kind of cross section. Mm. I bet, yeah, no, you, you're absolutely right. And that, that makes it fascinating even more. Let's talk uh, about your film real quick, a, a little bit more before we go. We only have a few more minutes. Where can people see the film and access it or stream it? Well, we are having our final live stream national event uh, tonight, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. um, yeah, at uh, four o'clock Pacific time. And uh, uh, I think we can provide a link to you and uh, you guys could put it up for your yeah. uh, viewers. And um, and we also have another link for folks to take action. Um, while we just received a victory by this permit being denied, Bristol Bay needs permanent protection. Mm. And uh, there are action items in that link that we provided for you to do uh, to advocate for permanent protection as well. Amazing, Mark Titus, award-winning writer, uh, film maker and director. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me on. And again, uh, folks want to come uh, join the screening tonight. It's at avaswild.com. That's the word save spelled backwards. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. The pleasure's ours.